The following is a President's Chapel given by Dr. W. Robert Godfrey. For more information about this lecture or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474, wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Let us pray together. Father, we do pray that uh, we might learn wisdom's ways, that we might uh, look to your truth, that we might rejoice in your word, and that we might put our trust in Christ our Savior. So bless us in this time of devotion, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is from Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm now nervous. Professor Johnson, who teaches homiletics, just gave me a funny look. Um, I think the uh, source of that funny look was uh, we've been looking together at wisdom literature um, uh, in chapel this semester. And I thought um, that while the wisdom literature reminds us that uh, we have to cultivate a spirit of wisdom for many of the decisions of life, uh, to which the Word of God does not speak directly, um, that uh, the Word of God also reminds us that the foundation of all wisdom and godly living is the Word of God and the law of God, and that's what Deuteronomy 4 uh, teaches us. So let us give attention to the reading of God's Word, the first 10 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 4. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land you are entering to take possession of them, of it. Keep them and do them, for they will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children, how on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. So, so far the reading of God's word. Well, I've been uh, teaching Deuteronomy in my Sunday school class uh, 
at uh, church and uh, decided to undertake that uh, in part because uh, I think many Christians are uh, only rather in a small way acquainted with the book of Deuteronomy. And also because as I was studying the New Testament, I uh, realized that Deuteronomy is probably the third most quoted book in the New Testament after Psalms and Isaiah. And it seemed to me if Jesus and the apostles thought it was useful to know Deuteronomy, maybe it would actually be useful uh, for us. And uh, I think the problem with Deuteronomy is uh, often it seems sort of a structureless gathering of uh, uh, laws and some of them obscure laws, like uh, at the end of chapter four, uh, cities of refuge. Um, we may wonder from time to time what exactly is the usefulness of knowing about cities of refuge uh, in our time, and uh, I won't take time to try to talk about that today. But I wanna just focus today on the way in which uh, the word of God is talked about as wisdom for the people of God, for surely there is a theme uh, that remains useful and important uh, for us today. Um, wisdom, the word is wisdom for the people of God. Um, whatever uh, parts of life need uh, uh, our reflection as wise people to make decisions beyond what the word of God tells us explicitly, uh, Deuteronomy is making the point, I think, that uh, the word of God is the explicit foundation of all of our living wisely and in an understanding way, particularly before God. There may be many decisions in life on the horizontal level that uh, um, we're not given explicit answers to. Um, but when it comes to how we're to live before God, how we're to serve God, how we're to worship God, how we're to live for him, uh, the word of God is explicit and uh, teaches us how to be wise. And that's the point that's being made here it seems to me in Deuteronomy chapter four, we're called to recognize that uh, the word is wisdom, first of all, because it comes from the Lord. Uh, that's a sort of obvious point, uh, but one that I think the church in every generation has to be renewed in, because uh, in almost every generation, certainly uh, in the modern church era, there are voices that arise that say, well, no, the, the Bible really isn't the word of God. It may contain the word of God. It may have parts of the word of God. It has connection with the word of God, but it isn't the word of God. Um, but the teaching of the word of God itself is that the Bible is the word of God. And we can have confidence in it. We can have certainty in its truth uh, because it comes from God. Uh, it's interesting that our Reformed forebears were insistent that the truthfulness of the Word of God comes from the fact that it comes from God who is truth. And it must necessarily follow that the God who is truth will make a truthful revelation to his people. And that needs to be our confidence. That's why we're here studying. That's why you have given a semester of your lives uh, to studying the Word of God. Uh, we need to be uh, strengthened, built up, uh, renewed in that confidence that the Bible is the Word of God and therefore is our wisdom, is our understanding in all things that relate to our relationship to God and our life uh, before him. The Word comes from God. It's also interesting here, and I think it's one of the important points of Deuteronomy as a whole, that the Word of God comes to the people of God through the ministers of God. 
And so the early part of Deuteronomy is uh, very much talking about how the word comes through Moses. That's the point made here in uh, Deuteronomy 4. Uh, later, in, towards the end of Deuteronomy, the point will be made that uh, Moses is dying and that leadership is being passed on uh, to Joshua. Uh, but at the very heart of Deuteronomy uh, is uh, laws relative to leadership that will be ongoing in the life of Israel. Uh, there will be a king, there will be prophets, there will be priests who will institutionally ensure, or at least their calling is institutionally to ensure that the word of God remains among the people. And uh, for you who are here studying, who hope to be leaders in the church as ministers or as teachers in a variety of ways serving the church, uh, that should be an encouragement as well. The Lord's intention always was uh, that there would be structures in the church um, that would preserve the Word of God, that would teach the Word of God, that would minister the Word of God uh, to the people. And here as we complete a semester of study, uh, it's important to remember that. The Word is from the Lord. The Word is uh, through His uh, appointed uh, ministers and leaders in the church. And um, that Word is one of the ways in which God is near us. You notice that. Um, interesting statement in verse uh, 7, for what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? Uh, that, of course, makes particularly clear that the Lord is near to his people when we pray, which is a great encouragement to prayer, a great assurance of prayer. But I think in this context, it uh, also is implicitly saying the, word, the, the, the Lord our God is near to us because we have his word. He's given us his revelation. He's given us his truth. And it's because we have that truth and it's because we live in that truth that we can have assurance that he hears us. That seems to be um, the point made in Psalm 145 at verse 18 and 19, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Uh, the Lord is near to his people as a people who have embraced his word, who have embraced the covenant relationship with him that, that he has established. And uh, that's why it's so important that we continue to know that the word is from the Lord, because he's the one who has given it and has drawn near to us in that word. And of course, here we're also told that uh, the word is wisdom for the life of his people. Uh, it directs our living. And uh, it's, uh, it's really almost overwhelming how when you read the early chapters of Deuteronomy, uh, that the point is made over and over and over again, take care to listen, take care to know, take care to obey, take care to trust, take care to follow, take care, take care, take care. Uh, this is the, the great theme of Moses in this last great sermon of his, that the people would be provoked, perhaps. Uh, you might almost be tempted at points in reading the early chapters of Deuteronomy to say, uh, you've said that already, get on with it. Sometimes we've heard preachers, we feel that way. Maybe you're feeling that way this morning. Um, uh, 
We know that already. And, but of course, the point Moses is making is that the people don't know that. They don't learn that. They won't listen to that. Um, but it is very much a theme taken up in the New Testament as well, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 5. Um, take care how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. This is a, a continuing appeal of the Lord to his people. Uh, being a child of God is to listen to the voice of the Father and to follow what the Father has to say, both in external action, but here it says also in the heart. Action is to flow from the heart. We're to hide the word of God in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. That's one of the great principles of uh, living uh, before the Lord. And it's interesting, it seems to me, that um, um, here, as so many places in Deuteronomy, the focal point of serving the Lord is in avoiding idolatry. Uh, what is the historic point brought to memory in these verses? The sin of Israel at Baal Peor when the people of Israel uh, became idolaters and deserted the Lord their God to worship Baal. And over and over again, the appeal is made to the people of God, uh, be faithful to the Lord your God. Don't let your hearts wander from him. Rest in him. Trust in him. Uh, serve him. Worship him. Um, when I was talking to my Sunday school class about Deuteronomy 4, I said, sometimes as Reformed people, we think there are certain chapters of the Bible that are uniquely ours. Um, Ephesians 2. It's a good Reformed chapter. Professor Boal would want to say, actually, Ephesians 1 through 6 are Reformed chapters. But, um, or maybe we say uh, uh, Romans 9 is a Reformed chapter. We haul that out uh, in extremis uh, with uh, uh, Arminians when we confront them. Uh, ha, what are you going to do with that one? Uh, well, uh, Deuteronomy 4 should be on our short list of Reformed chapters. Uh, that talks so much about the centrality of the Word of God and particularly the centrality of the Word of God for the worship of God. Uh, after all, uh, Deuteronomy 4 is quoted, isn't it, uh, in Hebrews. Uh, our God is a consuming fire, so worship him with reverence and with awe. Here's, a, here's the focal concern um, that uh, the Word should be our wisdom in living for God, particularly in terms of our worship and our service to him. Now, we know that this is not easy, and there are certain uh, hermeneutical discussions as to exactly what the uh, difficulty of keeping this law amounts to, but surely what it teaches us is that we're a sinful people in need of a savior. And uh, that doesn't eliminate the call to study the word, to know the word, to follow the word, to treasure the word, but it does always at the same time point us to a savior who has fulfilled the word perfectly for us and who strengthens us in that service of the word. And uh, we recognize, don't we, that that's not easy to do. Um, even with the strength of the Holy Spirit of Christ, even as a people regenerated, even as a people uh, made right with God by the work of Christ on the cross, we still struggle, don't we? And we live in a world of uh, opposition to Christ and to his truth. And so it has always been. I was reading uh, Calvin's sermons on Deuteronomy. And uh, uh, 
that's a big job because it's a big book with old print and uh, 16th century English and uh, little print that uh, older eyes are having more and more trouble uh, following. But uh, in his sermon, his 20th sermon on Deuteronomy, uh, he's only gotten to chapter 4 of Deuteronomy in his 20th sermon, um, he, uh, towards the end of the sermon, uh, seems to look up from the pulpit and look at the door in the back of the church. And he says, uh, nevertheless, I will now conclude with a complaint. I see walkers yonder, and I know for what their coming is, namely to show a contempt for God and his word, which is an intolerable lewdness. They come babbling here to the door, and that not twice or thrice, but more than a dozen times. It shows well that they despise God manifestly, such as the honor of Geneva, that when the gospel is a preaching, men come to the, even to the church door to make a flat mockery of it. Now, I, I read that to encourage you. If Calvin had hecklers, it, it's Calvinist comfort, you know, cheer up, things could be worse. Um, uh, if Calvin had hecklers when he preached, um, he preached early in the morning. These are weekday morning sermons. He preached early in the morning. For people to come to mock and to heckle, they had to be really determined about it. And uh, um, it, it reminds us that the preaching of the word never, never proceeds easily, never proceeds automatically. And uh, we have to be prepared for the mockery of the world. We have to be prepared for those who don't want to hear the word of God, who resent the fact that the word of God is taught. And, um, but this, this teaching of Moses reminds us that that word of God not only comes from the Lord and is our life, but it's also a light to the world. It's striking here, isn't it, Deuteronomy chapter 4. It's not just for Israel that the word is given. Uh, but it's so that Israel, by embracing the word and living out the word, will be a testimony. One might almost say that they will be a light to the world. Uh, by their embracing the word of God. One commentator on Deuteronomy said, the wisdom talked about here is not only the wisdom of the word given, but it's also the wisdom of the word accepted and followed. That Israel is wise not just in having the word, but in following the word. And uh, that's a call to us too, isn't it? To not only say that statutes of the Lord are righteous, but also to commit ourselves in the strength of the Holy Spirit to seek to follow that word and to live in a way that we will indeed be the light of the world. And so uh, I hope uh, we can all be committed that our labors here are not in vain as we seek to understand the word and embrace it. Uh, we have uh, particularly good attendance at chapel today for the last chapel of the season. It must mean you're all desperate and in need of prayer. Um, but uh, uh, be encouraged that the word of God uh, is from the Lord and for our life and is a light to the world as we serve him. Let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful for your word. Help us never to take it for granted. Uh, help us never to become indifferent to the extraordinary privilege that is ours that you have drawn near to us through your word. And we know that uh, even more you have drawn uh, near to us in that eternal word who took on flesh to be our savior. 
And we thank you for him. We thank you that he covers all of our sins with his blood. And we thank you that he gives us his Holy Spirit, that we might have ears that are opened and hearts that are receptive to your word. And we pray that more and more in the power of the Spirit, we might be a people who are in our living a light to the world. Hear us and bless us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.